All right, let's pray. Father God, I love you. I thank you for today, Lord. I do thank you for uh, just the opportunity to pause uh, and just uh, recognize uh, the institution of fatherhood, um, even in the country that we live in, that is so uh, dysfunctional when it comes to that. And so, uh, God, I do pray that we would take time today to uh, just appreciate the the earthly father that you've given us, uh, even if he was subpar. Uh, Lord, we have the perfect father in you. And so, uh, Lord, I do pray that we would just uh, take time to uh, just uh, be a good a child of you today, uh, Lord, and uh, just hear what you have to say. God, you've uh, you've really impressed some things in my heart over the past week, so I do pray that some of this stuff would come out clear and concise, and uh, it wouldn't be offensive, Lord, but it would just be uh, a word fitly spoken. So I pray you just speak to us today, uh, that you would get all the honor and the glory, uh, Lord, in Christ's name, amen. Okay, so uh, title today... Um, is who's your daddy? So if you want to write that down, you can. It's whatever. Uh, and so what? What? Uh, I just so usually I don't have to do this. I used to do this a lot, and I feel like y'all just know me now. But uh, I just want to preface this with I really don't want to offend anybody. And if I say things that seem a little uh, harsh or brash, uh, it's because that's the way that the word of God is sometimes, and it's real, uh, and it needs to be said. And so I also want to say that. Anything that I say uh, is not trying to um, diminish the uh, institution of a mother in a family or the impact that she has. Because uh, behind every uh, good earthly father, there's um, nearly every time a woman who supports him through all of it. So uh, I do want to say that. And uh, so that's said. And so if you're offended, um, come and talk to me after class. So I really don't think there's anything offensive, but I do want to make sure I say that because, you know, sometimes you just, you say things and you get moving very quickly. And uh, I don't want you to think that I I don't appreciate uh, the institution of what a good godly wife, a virtuous woman, uh, a mother to her kids is. Um, but without a father, you know, it's, it's hard. So anyway, I'm sure you'll hear all that from Brian today. He really gets on that soapbox sometimes, so praise the Lord. Somebody needs to. And so anyway, uh, today's Father's Day, and as you know, I, I typically don't cater to my teaching to the calendar of the world. I really don't. Usually we just keep plugging away with what we're teaching on, and that's how I am. I simply teach what the passage we're on, but today it just happened to work out, you know, in God's coincidence, because that's how he works, right? No, it's it's God's providence, right? Uh, it just it just worked out that where we're at in uh, the Word, just it just was, a, it was fitly spoken. And so... Uh, that's where it at. So it, it, we're going to be looking at just that, you know, kind of what it takes to be a good father. So if you've got your Bibles, open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. That's where we're at. We've we got a lot to get through. You guys know me. I usually always have a lot to get through, and then usually we get through just a little bit of it, and I'm like, okay, we'll pick it up next week. Uh, but we can't do that today because this is just, it's going to be fitly spoken for, for you guys. So um, anyway, we'll get into that. So um, kind of to get our minds going here and get my mind going here. So the the, the gamut, the... Uh, the broad range, the uh, the crazy um, crazy space spectrum. Do we need some chairs, Paige? I got a couple up here. You want to take care of that? Um, um, take these and just put them over there. Yeah, just take those two and put them over on the wall. It'll be all good. So uh, the 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 gamut, and I don't I don't even know if that's the right word, but that's what I'm going to use. The gamut of emotions that you feel over the years as a father or a mother. Uh, are astounding, like, and you guys can probably relate to that. And so a lot of you guys have younger kids, uh, and I remember all that. But as your kids get even older, it just it, it it's crazy, right? And so uh, there's times that you feel uh, joy. There's times that you feel hurt. There's times that you feel like 
so proud of your kids, right? Uh, there's times that you feel just an immense amount of disappointment in your kids, like all these different things. Anxiety, right? I used to think that was like a worldly thing made up, and then I had teenagers, and I'm like, no, it's real, right? Uh, it, it happens, right? And so uh, happiness, anger, right? All these things. And so they, they say if you don't like the weather in Missouri, just wait 10 minutes and it's going to change, right? Well, uh, I would also say that uh, I would say this. If you don't like what you're feeling right now, just give it five minutes and, and it'll change, right? Especially if you have multiple kids because, you know, the emotions, the feelings you have with your kids, it is up and down and it's crazy and it's, it's hard, guys. And so I, I just all that, right? Especially with multiple kids. You know, you can have one that's just right on and the other one is just like, what are you doing right now? And it's just the way it works. So... Uh, All of these things go for spiritual children as well. I just want to make sure I say that, right? Not all of us have kids yet. Um, Some of us are done having kids or at least having kids at home. And all these things go right along with uh, being spiritual children as well. Uh, So if you've discipled somebody, if you are ministering to somebody in the Lord, these things, these are all responsibilities that you have to them as well. So make sure that you understand that. Well, I don't have any kids, right? Or I'm not, I'm not in that season of life. I, I really don't like that argument. I'm not in that season of life. Well, you either have been or you will be. And God has this really cool way of putting you in it in a spiritual realm all at the same time. So if you've got a disciple, man, it's your responsibility to do these things that we're going to talk about today. Because, right, you're, you have the same response. You take on that same responsibility as a father figure, right, or a mother figure when you're discipling somebody. So these things go for everybody in here. Nobody's off the, key, off the hook when I say that. So, again, if I offend somebody, it's just the way it goes today. So now let me ask you this, right, before we get rolling. I'm trying to get everybody going, and we're talking about fathers and whatnot. So have you ever had something happen in your happen in your life that's just completely rocked your world shook your core shook your cage rattled your cage however you want to say it right made you want to completely reevaluate your priorities in life right surely everybody's had something like that happen multiple somethings like that happen right maybe when you got saved you were just like something something's got to give here right maybe when there was a serious accident maybe when you had a child maybe if you got a a medical diagnosis, and you just have this like thought of man, something's got to give here. Like something's just not adding up. We've got to something's got to give. So too often we get shook, we get rattled, but we really never make a change, right? We something happens, and we're like, man, something's got to give, but nothing really changes. And then the busyness of life catches up, and you know nothing really changes. Why is that? And I would ask you guys, but we don't have time, so I'm just going to assume that you would all give me a whole lot of different answers, right? Because it would. There could be a lot of different reasons for that, and I'm going to get to the words, so don't, don't worry. I'm just trying to get us going here, but my answer, would be the, my answer would be to that question, lack of leadership, right? We want something to change, but we don't know how to make it happen. We desire for something to change, but the quote-unquote leader is okay with the status quo, all right? We, we know something needs to happen, but we don't know how to make it happen. We're not the, we, we feel inadequate as a leader, and so we just roll with it, right? And so it's lack of leadership. It's lack of real men. It's lack of real fathers who are willing to stand up and say, yes, Lord, I hear you loud and clear. I saw what just happened, that something's out of order here and something needs to change, right? I'm talking about men who are willing to regain leadership of their households as God designed it to be, right? That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about men who are going to be the leader at home instead of some uh, (laughs) men who are going to be the leader at home instead of subcontracting that to their wife or somebody else because that's what happens, right? And I'm not trying to to be offensive, but that's what happens, man. 
Uh, we, for lack of a better word, we need we need to grow up or grow something, right? We need to be men. Um, I'm talking about men who are willing to communicate, not dictate. Because that's what happens. The guys say, something's got to change, and they say, this is what's going to happen, right? Uh, no, there needs to be communication, right? They need, to, they need to communicate, not dictate, with their wives and kids about real change. I'm talking about someone who's willing to be a real father. Men like, you know, when I think about this, I think about like Nehemiah, who God shakes his core, and he's like, something's got to happen here, right? I've got to do something. Something's got to change. Who are willing to risk everything, their lives if needed, to say God has said something needs to change here and I'm willing to do it, right? And so, you know, these things happen in our lives. Something something like that happened in our life this week. Man, this is stupid. Okay. I'm going to regroup for a second because I don't get like this. God's good, guys. Let me just say that, okay? So, uh, we need to grow up. Okay, so uh, I've got, here's your list today, because there's always a list. There always will be a list when I'm teaching, because that's the way I stay on track. I got uh, six ways to lead as a godly father, and we're going to wrap up this chapter as we go through this today. Um, so we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. We uh, have already taken two different pieces of this, and usually I only take a small portion of, uh, of Scripture, but I want to get through the rest of the chapter today. That's a lot. So I'm going to read it and understand that uh, I took a lot of my references out of this because there's a lot to get through, but uh, six ways uh, to lead as a godly father or mother or discipler or whatever it is that God has allowed you to have influence on, okay? So 1 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, fast forward down to verse uh, verse 6, I think is where we're going to start off because we, we were talking about judgment and all those different things, right? So he talks about the mysteries and we're stewards of the mysteries and then he talks about, hey, there's some judgment coming, Right, and so we get to chapter or verse six of First uh, Corinthians chapter uh, four. It says, "In these things, brethren, I have in a figure transformed to myself into Apollos for your sakes, meaning I've taken on this role to, for you to see what's happening uh, for your sakes, that you might learn in us not to think of men above that which is written, that no one of you be puffed up against one another. For who maketh thee to differ from another? And what hast thou that thou didst not receive?" Stop thinking so highly of yourself, right? Now, if thou didst receive it, why does thou glory? And if thou hast not it, as if thou hast not received it. Now you're full, now you're rich, now you have reigned as kings without us, and I would to God you did reign. I'm hoping you're doing well, that you might also, that, that we also might reign with you. For I think God has set forth us, the apostles, last, as it were appointed in death, for we are made a spectacle unto the world, and to angels, and to men. We are fools for Christ's sake, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are honorable, but we are despised. Even unto this present hour, we both hunger, and thirst, and are naked, and are buffeted, and have no certain dwelling place, and are uh, in labor, working with our own hands, being uh, reviled, we bless, being persecuted, we suffer, being defamed, we entreat, we are made as the filth of the world, and uh, are the offscoring of all things unto this day. I write not these things to shame you, but as my beloved sons to warn you. For though you have ten thousand instructors in Christ, you have not many fathers. For in Christ Jesus I have begotten you 
through the gospel. And I'm going to stop there. We'll, we're going to get through the rest, but that's kind of the, the gist of what we're going to get through today. So six ways to be a godly father, and we're just kind of going to get through this. And again, I, I knocked a lot of references out of this. We're just going to stick with the text of what this is saying here and uh, get going. So the first way to lead is a godly father. So I have a reason today to not write on the board. I can't. So I don't know what I do the rest of the time. I really don't have an excuse, but uh, I'm not much of a writer. But i got a reason not to today. So anyway, the, the first way to lead is a godly father. Uh, don't lead like you're the best leader there ever was. Don't lead like you're the best leader there ever was. It's okay to have confidence in what you do. You should. It's okay to feel like you are the authority in your home. You should, other than the fact that you get everything from God in the first place. And if you're not getting it from God, you might as well just throw it out the window because ain't nobody going to follow you. I heard a, a saying one time that, like, you can think that you're leading anybody. You, you can think that you're leading well, but if you turn around and nobody's following, what are you doing? You're taking a walk, right? You're not leading anybody, like... Like, what are you, who are you leading? Like, you can, you can think that you're a great leader, but if nobody's following you, then, like, what's the point here? Uh, ain't nobody following you, so don't lead like you're the best leader there ever was. And in verse 6 and 7, he says, And these things, brethren, I have in a figure transferred to myself and to Apollos for your sakes, that ye might learn in us not to think of men above that which is written, that none of you be puffed up one against another. For who maketh thee to differ from another? And what hast thou that thou didst not receive? Uh, and now, uh, now, if thou did receive it, why dost thou glory? And if thou hast, uh, as if thou hast not received it, right? It, you act like I'm this the best leader ever, and everybody needs to follow me. If you really are that good, it's because God made you that good. If you really are that fast, it's because God let you be that fast. If you really can throw a football that far, it's because God allows you to do it. And let me just say, in a moment of time, He can take all of that away very quickly. You need to understand that everything you have, every breath that you have, everything that you have ever been given is because God gave it to you. So use it for His glory, right? Don't lead like you're the best there ever was. Admit your faults. Like, fathers, we need to understand where we fall short and stop trying to just, you know, shy away from those things. Or admit that, you know, I'm not great at this. Talk to your wife about, hey, how can you help me in this area, right? Admit your failures. Hey, son, I... I didn't do the greatest in this area in life, right? Hey, I failed here. I want to do better, right? Hey, uh, I'm not, you know, just because you made a mistake doesn't mean you need to sweep it under the rug. You need to admit your failures. Paul's like, hey, we've done our best to be this example to you, but the point is to show you that, guess what, we're still just men too. You know, go back a couple chapters. What did he spend so much time talking about? Stop following men because men will fail you. That's all he's been talking about so far in the book of 1 Corinthians. He's like, we've done our best to give you something to follow, but it's just because God gave it to us. Be willing to ask for help, right? Too often, men especially, and I'm just, I'll call it like it is to you guys, I'm always afraid of offending your wives. I'm not really afraid of offending you because, you know, we need to just suck it up sometimes. But uh, we just do. But uh, be willing to ask for help. Too often, we're like, yeah, I've got this, right? And and if it's something that we're not so good at, we're just like, well, I'll, I'll figure it out, right? Be willing to ask for help. There's an immense amount of godly counsel in the church of God, right? If there's something that you are struggling with, man, there, there are men available to help you with things. And I'm not talking about just men. Uh, I don't know if you ever realized this, but in Genesis, it talks about this thing called a help meet, right? So allow her to help meet the needs that you have, right? And guys, we used to, you know, we use, we use that when we're trying to get things that, you know, we want. Okay, guess what? You've got other needs too. There's things that you fall short on. There's things that your wife can help you be more one with Christ because that's what, that's what you are. You're a picture of Christ in the church. You are one. right? Allow her to help you with those things. 
Stop thinking that you're the best there ever was, right? Too often we're like, yeah, it's Father's Day. Man, the kids ought to really just, you know, reverence me today. And they're like, what? Right? Guess what? That's not what we get, and that's cool because that's, that's not what Christ got, right? He wasn't like, hey, I'm going to the cross today. Does anybody want to give me a pat on the back, right? Good job, God. No, that's not how it works. You know, he went and he took it, and he didn't say a word. That's what we're called to do. Stop leading like you're the best leader there ever was. That's, that's what he's talking about. Verse 8, he goes on to say, uh, Now you are full, now you are rich. He's talking about the church as a whole. You're full, you're rich. You have reigned as kings without us. And I would to God that you did reign, that, you, uh, that we might also reign with you. He's like, you guys are, are living it up as kings, and I hope you are. But I hope we can do it together. Your second way to lead as a godly father is lead future leaders, not lifetime subjects. Lead future leaders, not lifetime Don't lead, not lifetime subjects. Don't lead like you want somebody just to follow you forever. Man, as you're training people in ministry, as you're training kids, lead them to be leaders, to step out on their own, to be big boys at some point and girls at some point. Lead like you want somebody to fill your shoes in the ministry. Thanks for teaching for me last week, Chris. I appreciate it. Lead, uh, lead like you want them to be better than you. Too often, we get this big head like, I'm the, I'm the dad, I said so, I'm the leader, I said so, and you know, you just need to obey and follow me, right? And I mean, in certain instances, like, that's hot, don't touch that. Why? I don't need to explain why. It's going to burn you if you do, all right? Like, there are certain things you just need to obey. That's why the Bible says, children, obey your parents. But, you know, the constant answer of, as you, especially as your kids get older, because I said so, that doesn't, that doesn't really cut it. They want to they know why. And you, you need to give them the reason why. And they don't have to like it. You know, this is why. Because, you know, it, it could have a life, lifelong impact. Well, I don't like that answer. Well, that's the answer, right? I mean, I'm, I'm at least giving you something. And that's the point. Like, don't lead like you just want somebody to follow you forever. Because at some point, they'll stop. Lead like you're trying to allow them to be leaders. Whether it's in the ministry, whether it's a disciple, whether it's your kids, anything else, right? Desire growth in your kids. Man, do you want to see your kids grow? I mean, yeah, we always want to see our kids grow. I want my kids to be really good at everything that they do. But I mean, like, spiritually, do you want your kids to, to be godly? Do you want your kids to, to ask you hard questions? And, well, I don't want to deal with all that, right? And, you know, we've kind of got this thing in, in our house that, like, if you're old enough to ask the question, uh, I'm old enough to give you the answer. And that it leads to awkward conversations sometimes. Uh, but you know what? That, that just has to, that has to be the way you roll. Because I promise, if you're not willing to tell them, somebody else is. I promise. And, you know, anyway. Understand that all leaders don't lead the same, right? Understand that, men and, and ladies. But all leaders don't lead the same. Too often, and I'll be the first one to say this, we get this, well, this is the way that I do it, and it seems to be working well, so you ought to do it that way too. This is the way I swing a hammer. This is the way you should do it. Well, it doesn't feel right. I don't care if it feels right. Just do it, right? This is the way that, you know, we do When I worked at the sand plant, like, this is the way we do it. I don't care if you did it somewhere. Like, understand that people lead different ways. People do things differently, and at the end of the day, if it gets done, that's okay. I've had to really grow in this area of life. Like, of anything, this is one that really, like, this works, just do it. Well, this will work too, right? Uh, they don't all lead the same, but as long as they're leading, don't force them to be just like you, right? As long as your kids are growing and taking godly steps, they're taking steps to be, you know, productive human beings in life, 
Just allow them to do that. You know, there was uh, a young man. I'll, just, I'll tell you who it was. Most of you guys know. Jackson McGuire, right? He's my nephew. This kid, I used to want to beat my head against the wall with this kid. Like, just everything we did. He was in the youth when we worked out, when we worked with the youth. And it's like, he always wanted to do things different. And it was just like, stop trying to recreate, recreate the wheel, Jackson. Like, just do it this way. And then he came to work for me when we worked at the sand plant. And it got even worse. And I'm like... Man, I know we could attach this to a drill and it could do this. And it's like, but you know what? We could just do it the way that we've always done it and get this thing back going. But, you know, and, you know, it used to drive me crazy. And the more that I step back and look at at Jackson, like the kid is a bright young man. He's doing great with his family. And you know what? He didn't have to do it my way. Understand that there's going to be things like that in life, right? There's going to be things that if they're making productive steps, it doesn't have to be that way, right? Obviously, we should desire a relationship with Christ more than anything. But, I mean, we're talking about just being productive in life, understanding to take the right steps and understand it doesn't have to be your way. Paul's like, man, I understand that you guys are doing it, and I hope you're doing it well. Uh, I've heard rumor that maybe it hasn't been so great, but you know what? I hope that when we get there, we can reign together. hope we can work some of these things out. Right? Understand, your kids, well, we'll get to that in a minute, that they're going to make mistakes. We'll get to that, right? But just to understand, that's, that's the way that it happens. Your next thing, right? The next way to, to lead godly is uh, verse 9 and 10. Lead giving all you have, not taking all you can get. Lead giving all you have, not taking all you can get. Now think about certain leaders in life, and that's what happens. Some of them, they'll give and give and give. Think about Christ. Like, he didn't take anything. Give and give and give all the time. But then there's other people you can think about, and it's like, man, they're just after glory. They're just after what they can get out of it all the time. Lead giving all you have not taking all you can get. Verses 9 and 10. It says, For I think God has set forth us, the apostles, last. Now, hang on just a minute. I understand that this context is talking about the apostleship, right? There were the 12 apostles. Paul was an apostle out of due time. Uh, and this is what the Bible says, right? And so understand that Paul was an apostle. We're talking about, this the passage is talking about apostles. Like, I get that. But when you look up the word apostle in the dictionary... The definition of it says one sent on a mission. So we're talking about fathers today. I'm going to assume that you understand that as a father, and if you have kids, as a disciple, or if you have a disciple, right, you are sent on a mission. So we're going to take this in the context of being a father. I understand it's talking about apostles. So don't come and be like, well, that's not what it says. I understand what it's talking about, okay? But we're just take it for what we're, what we're going through here, okay? So he says... Uh, verse 9, for I, for I think God has set forth us, the apostles last, as it were appointed to death, for we are made a spectacle unto the world, unto angels, unto men. Now, I understand, he created the apostles to get the world's attention. Not just the world's attention, but the angels. Like, he is trying to get the attention of the world. Well, guess what, guys? He, he, he's going to use you to try to get the attention of your kids, of your disciples, right? It's, it's good or bad, one or the other. They're going to get something from you, I promise. Verse 10, we are fools for Christ's sake, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are honorable, but we are despised, right? Lead giving all you have, not trying to get everything you can get out of it. Take all the bad on yourself. If there's something wrong going on, just take it, right? This is not, this is not how this was supposed to be, right? Stop trying to pass the blame. Well, this shouldn't have happened like this at home. Or this shouldn't have been like it. Guess what? Take the blame. That's, we've got big shoulders, right? Brady, some of us got bigger than others, but, right? We got big shoulders. Take it. <laughs> well, that's why you got bigger shoulders, man. God knew you was gonna have a... your quiver is full. That's what the Bible says. Your quiver is full. 
take the bad on yourself. Don't pass the blame, right? Too often, you know, we want to take all the glory. People want to say, oh, your kids did really good, right? And I look at the church, and there's people that have just really awesome, godly, like, children. And I'm like, that's, that's really awesome. But guess what? They don't all turn out like that. And it's not because the parents did a bad job sometimes. Sometimes kids are just rebellious. Sometimes kids are just wayward. But you know what? Uh, God shows some really cool stories of, you know, the prodigals unreturning and all these different things. So God can do anything in anybody's life. Don't ever give up hope. But the point here is, like, stop trying to pass the blame, right? Or take the good. Like, oh, yeah, we did a really good job raising these kids. Well, yeah, you did, right? You did do a really good job. I, 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 I don't want to say envy. That's not the word. I respect the way that uh, certain people have raised up godly children in this church. And I look at others, and I'm like, well, they didn't really do anything different, and their kid is kind of crazy, right? <laughs> I don't know what happened. Well, I, I do know what happened. God gave every person a free will, right? And that's just what happens, you know? Give all the good to them. If you're going to take all the bad on you, if you're going to take all the responsibility, right? You've got big shoulders. If there's glory to be given, give it to them, right? Yeah, you're right. My, my kids are, at, you know, they're doing a really good job. God's doing a work in them and just pass the glory on to them. Stop taking it on yourself. That's what a, that's what a good father does. Did Jesus ever, was he ever just like, you know what? I, I, that was pretty cool, right? I fed all these people and there wasn't even no food here to give them, right? I did. That was pretty cool, Right? Not, never once did he just like, yeah, you know, that, that was like, you know. There's times even in my life I'm like, I don't know how that happened, but like, that's cool. You know? God doesn't do that. Take, take the blame and pass the good, right? That's what we do. That's what we do. Um, sacrifice everything. Sacrifice everything. And I don't mean like everything that's easy. I mean everything. Your time, your money, your savings, your what? Sacrifice everything to give them every chance to succeed. It might be like, well, I've been really, you know, it doesn't matter. I'm not even going to go down that road. Sacrifice everything to give them every chance to succeed. Well, they just don't get it. Well, you know what? I, I think back to myself. Uh, I, I really didn't get it. You know, I sent my dad a text this morning, and I, I don't think my dad did a really great job as a dad, but uh, he did some things that were good, and I made sure to text him this morning. I'm just like, hey, I appreciate that. And so, like, take the bad, give the good. That's what we're called to do, guys. Sacrifice everything to give them every chance to succeed. Does that mean that they will succeed? No, <laughs> absolutely not. They might, you know, they might, but they might not. But who are you to not give them every opportunity to, right? God has entrusted you those kids for how long? Uh, it, it could be for 18 years, 20 years, 20, 25 years. And 25, you might be like, okay, it's time for you to get out the house, right? But like, you know, but you know what? It might be shorter than that. So stop holding on thinking I'm going to, I'm going to, and, and just, just lay it out there. And it ain't yours anyway. Well, I've been saving this. I've been working for this. How did you get there? Well, go back a few verses and it says, were you able to do anything that God wasn't able to give you the ability to do? No. Okay. You know, it really ties into like giving. Like, well, I don't have money to give. Well, if you've got money to make, you've got money to give because God gave it to you in the first place. It's just how it works. Anyway, we're not, we're not going down that road right now. Lead giving all you have, not taking all you can get. Verses 11 to 14. I'm going to keep moving. Even unto this present hour. Now, Paul's talking about him and uh, 
and, and the apostles, right? But he's talking about himself personally because he's in, in uh, prison at this point. He says, uh, even under this present hour, we both hunger and thirst and are naked and are buffeted and have no certain dwelling place and labor working with our own hands, being reviled, we bless, but being persecuted, we suffer. Being defamed, we treat. Uh, we are made as the filth of the world and the offscoring of all things unto this day. Verse 14, I write these things not to shame you, but as my beloved sons to warn you. The, the fourth way to, to lead like a godly father, godly leaders are mature, not manipulative. I don't think I said manipulative. Uh, no. <laughs> M-A-N, elipidative. <laughs> godly... Godly leaders are mature, not manipulative. Being a father or a mother, now I, I understand that this goes both ways. Being a father or a mother is not all rainbows and unicorns, right? They're seldom, uh, you know what, you're the best at the end of every day. It doesn't happen very often. Like if that's what you're living for, uh, I, that. It, that doesn't really happen, especially as your kids get older, you know, and they, they stop thinking that, you know, you put the moon in the sky and, you know, you, uh, you make everything happen. They understand that the world happens on its own. And, uh, and I don't mean that, like, as dishonor to my kids, like, but I'm just telling you, if, if you're living for the man, you're the best dad ever, like, it, you're going to struggle because it's not all rainbows and unicorns, I promise. Uh, expect... To be the, the quote-unquote mean parent. Expect to be, as they get older, uh, to be called much worse than that. Right? A lot of you got younger kids, but expect that. What, do you think Christ came to earth and he was like, you know what, Dad said that this was going to be hard, but you know, I think I can, I think I can change these guys. Do you think that he thought that uh, I'm going to get, you know, uh, man, you're, you really are the Christ. He knew. He understands. And it happens. Does that mean that it's uh, any easier uh, no, no. Uh, but why would you expect anything else than what Christ got? Now, you're getting the short, the easy end of the stick, I promise. But why would you think that you deserve any better? Like, why would we think that, well, but I gave everything. Well, Christ gave a million times more than you ever even thought about giving. And yet here we are saying, I deserve better from, you know, this person or that. Come on now. You know what you deserve? I'll be completely honest with you. You deserve hell. That's what we deserve. That's what your life, that's what the Bible says you deserve. And it's only by God's grace that you get anything. So stop with the me. My, my, my kids should treat me better. My wife should treat me better. My, my disciples should care more. My should, like, come on now. Come on now. You know what you deserve? The Bible says what you deserve. And it's only through Christ that you don't get it. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. Like, come on. Roll with it. Don't use, don't use the bad things your kids have done against them to make them be the way you want them to be. Don't use the, well, you remember the time that you did this, or you remember the time that you, know, you said this, or the time, you remember the time that you, you know, disobeyed, and, and so you should do this. Don't use the bad things your kids have done to try to manipulate them to be something different. Paul says all these things, and he's like, uh, I write these things not to shame you. But to warn you, like I'm not trying to say that I'm going through this stuff so you guys can have a better life. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just trying, uh, you know, sometimes it's like I'm not saying, I'm just saying, like, this is probably the way you ought to do this. If you don't want to, then fine. 
Like, I can't make you do anything, especially when I'm looking up to you because you're bigger than me, right? Taller than me. I've told both of my boys this. You might be taller, but as soon as you think you're bigger, you let me know, <laughs> right? There's a song about that. I'm not as good as I once was, but I'm, I'm as good once. I'm just kidding. Like, don't use the bad things. Don't don't try to manipulate them into being something, especially even when they're little. Well, do you remember the... What'd you say? <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> even when you have younger kids... Well, do you remember when you did this? That's why you need to do that. Come on. Your kids are going to make mistakes. Like, did you did you do the right thing? No. Like, if at any point you think that you are so good that, like, Jesus was like, you want to throw the first stone? Here it is. I'll just keep handing them to you. Like, this is an endless supply here if, if, if that's what you think you're ready to do. And they just can't do it. Because why? Because they understand. It's all about sacrifice. Right? He, he, goes, he, he goes through this and he, he says... Uh, you know, think about this as fathers for a minute. Some of the things that maybe we've went through. Maybe you haven't. And praise the Lord. He says, we're fools for Christ's sakes. But you're wise. Or in verse 11. I'm sorry. It's this present hour. We both hunger. You ever had to go through some things being hungry, guys? Right? And thirst. Right? I, I'll do anything for my kids. But, and naked. Hopefully at some point in your life. Uh, buffeted. That means, you know, you know beat down slandered, all those things. Have no certain dwelling place. You give everything you got, right? And labor, working with our own hands. I should be respected for that, right? Yeah, it says being reviled. It says we bless, because why? Because that's what Christ did. Being persecuted, we, we just suffer it, guys. That's what we do. Being defamed, we entreat, we're made as the filth of the world. And are the offscoring of all things into this day. We go through those things, guys. In different ways, we go through all of that. Why? So we can be an example. Because we have the end sample in Christ who showed us how to do it. Right? There's going to be a time when your kids realize that, guess what? My dad wasn't perfect. And that's okay. He, he did something right. Like, I pray at the end of the day my kids can at least find something that I did the right way. You know, I, I was able to... To find some things from my dad and just like, hey, I, I appreciate those things because those things instilled this in my life. And, you know, I, I take it and I'm rolling with it. You know, if, if you're thinking that your dad should have done this, this and this, and I'm not talking to my kids when I say this. I'm actually thinking about my dad when I say this. If you're thinking that if he would have just done this or just done this, just done like you're never going to have the perfect dad because then you're going to be like, well, he was at all my games, but man, he never went to work. Right. Or, you know, he, he never did this. Well, guess what? Like my dad, he provided consistently, all the time. He showed me how to work on the weekends, all the time. You know, and that's just what you do sometimes. I, I take that and it's instilled in my life. Too much at times, but like, take, if you're thinking that your dad should have been this or you should have been that, and like, I promise, you, there's always going to be something that you wish he would have had. So take what he did do and run with it. And the things that he didn't do, go to the Bible and he'll show you what the good father, how you should do it. Like that, that's why we need a heavenly father, a savior, somebody who is perfect, who was perfect, right? Who did live the things that we did. That's what I'm saying. Okay. I got to keep going. I've got to get done. I'm going to get rolling. Okay. Uh, verse 15 and 16. 
He says, For though ye have ten thousand instructors in Christ, ye have not many fathers. For in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. Wherefore I beseech you, be followers of me. Excuse me. Number five, lead with leadership that is worth following. You want somebody to follow you? Give them something to follow. Man, my kids won't do nothing I want them to do. Man, my wife didn't, she doesn't ever want to submit. Are you giving her something to submit to? Something worth following? Are, are you? Lead with leadership that's worth following. Give them something that, like, give them something to hold on to. Something they can, some, you know, plants grow well when there's lattice, especially viney plants, right? Because there's something for them to cling to. Give them something to cling to. The world will give your kids plenty of stuff to follow. And I promise most of it ain't no good. Almost all of it ain't no good. It'll give them plenty of stuff to follow. Give them something better. Give them something genuine. Give them something real. Right? If you aren't following, why would they? Man, I want my kids to be godly. <laughs> Are you? I want my kids to be in the Lord. I want them to grow in Christ. Are you? I mean, come on. Your kids are going to know hypocrites from a mile away. Especially if you are. So I'm just I'm not saying, I'm just saying. Lead with something that's worth following. And the last one, you know, because he, he, he says, you know, you have a lot of instructors, but not many fathers. Be a good father. Give them something to follow. He says, I beseech you, I'm begging you, be followers of me. And then the rest of the chapter, uh, I'll just read it really quick. For this cause I have sent Timotheus, unto, uh, I have my beloved son, and faithful in... Uh, and faithful in the Lord, who shall bring unto you remembrance of the ways which be in Christ, as I teach everywhere in every church. Now some are puffed up. He's talking about in Corinth at the church, as though I would not come unto you. They're like, this guy ain't coming back. Come on now. We are not changing our ways because this guy ain't coming back. Uh, as I would not come unto you. In verse 19 he says, but I will come, short, I will come to you shortly. Now this is his way of saying, don't make me stop this car, right? <laughs> you ever heard that? Like, don't make me stop this car. You all have heard that. Come on. <laughs> but I will come unto you shortly, if the Lord will, and you will know, not the speech of them which are puffed up, but the power. You're not going to hear, I'm going to do this. You're going to feel the power of me doing this. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. What will ye? He lives them with a choice. What will ye? Shall I come unto you with a rod or in love and in the spirit of meekness? The last thing I want you to get is, and this is the hardest one, especially as your kids grow, because you don't do this a lot when they're little, but as they grow, you have to. You need to lead allowing failure. Lead allowing failure. Why? Because Christ let you fall. Not because He wanted you to, but because He didn't just make us all cookie-cutter Christians. Well, no, you need to do this. No, He gave us all free will. Lead allowing failure. Does that mean that I'm going to let you do stupid things over and over and over again? Absolutely not, especially in my house. There are standards, godly standards in our home. But what I'm saying is... You can't make every choice for them. You just can't. Now you can tell them the godly thing, and you can you can lay down. We'll just call it lay down the law because at some point there has to be a standard, right? At least in in your home. But when it comes to like no, don't don't step over there. No, don't do that. No, you can't drive because this might happen. No, you can't do this because this might happen. You need to lead allowing failure. But bad bad things might happen, right? I mean, just tell you, bad things will happen. Like, it just, it'll happen. You know? Uh, if you're going to wait till your, your, your 
kids are like perfect at something before you let them do it, they're never going to learn anything in life. Think of the things that you had to learn the hard way in life. Now, I try to use the things that I learned the hard way to say, hey, this hurt pretty bad when I did it. Maybe you shouldn't do that, right? You have things that you've went through in life and you can use those things. But you have to lead allowing failure. You can't want something into perfection, but you can pray it. You can't want something into perfection. I can't want you to do something worse than you can, worse than you're going to do it. Like, I can, you can be dying to thirst, and I can bring you a bottle of water, and you can be like, nah, I'm not thirsty. Like, fine. You know, die of thirst then. Like, I can't make you drink it. It doesn't work that way, right? I can, I can give you the words of truth. I can't make you take them. I can give you the things that you need to do to allow, you know, your family to to run more smoothly. I can give you the godly principles for X, Y, and Z. It doesn't mean I can come and do them for you. You have to, at some point, take the initiative to be a godly person on your own. Paul's like, man, I'm coming back to take care of some of these things. It'd probably be best if they were taken care of before I got there. Right? Because if, if I, I'm, it's going to happen one way or another. God's the ultimate leader, so you do everything you can and trust Him to do the rest. Do everything you can and trust Him to do the rest. And this is what I'm going to leave you with because there's always this question of like, what can I do? There's times that I ask myself, what can I do in this situation? I don't even know, right? What can I do? Here's some really basic things. Like, children, the Bible says obey your parents. You're like, oh my gosh, I've heard that a million times. Well, guess what? I'll add to that. Trust your parents. And I'm not just talking about the young people in here. I'm talking about like, if you've got a discipler and you're like, well, I don't really think that I need to be... Do- Trust your parents. Trust your earthly parents, right? Give it- You want your kids to obey you, but you're not willing to submit to leadership in the church. You're not willing to submit to godly counsel that you're receiving in the church because you're like, yeah, well, that's not for me. Well, guess what? Don't be surprised when your kids are like, yeah, well, that's not for me, man. Dad, I don't really want to do that. Don't be surprised. That's just. I'm just saying. Trust, trust those who God has given authority in your life because God takes care of those things, okay? Wives, there's something you can do to help out with this. Support your husband. Like, I know I've been talking to the guys a lot today, but wives, support your husband. Responsibility, I'll just be completely honest with you, it's hard. Responsibility is hard. Especially when it comes to like people's lives, uh, people's livelihood, uh, the ministry. Uh, responsibility is hard. Feeling like, you have, uh, feeling like you have no support through that makes it even harder. Wives, just supporting your husband goes like a mile when all you have to do is walk like 10 feet. If I know that the decision that we're going to, to instill is supported by my wife, I, I, there's no question at all. But when I feel like I'm out on an island, and like, not like we have this going on in, my, in our lives, but it's just really hard to, to, to do those things. Support your husband. Now... I understand. Sometimes your husband is an idiot stick. Sometimes your husband needs nothing more than a slap in the back of the head. Well, guess what? You have this really cool thing called the structure of the church, and if it's just crazy, you can take care of it that way. But at the end of the day, when you stand at the judgment seat of Christ, you know what God says? If you submitted, like, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I'll take care of your knothead husband. Right? That's just the way it works. Now, I'm not saying just turn a blind eye to stupid stuff, okay? But what I'm saying is, like, if God's trying to work some things out and he's using your husband to do it, like, sometimes you just need to allow your husband to lead, okay? Support him. And then fathers, hey, it's Father's Day. Take a break. Not. Not even a chance, guys. Never. Keep serving. Keep fighting. 
Man, I'm, I'm down. I ain't got no ammo left. And there's still an army coming. Man, you better keep fighting. You better just keep going. Because that's what we're called to do. You don't understand my situation. Well, you don't understand mine either. Like, you want to have the whose gun's bigger than whose right now? Like, let's not. Just keep serving. Keep fighting. That's all I'm saying. Like, well, God is going to bring every one of us through different things because He knows that's what we're ready for right now. Okay? Keep serving. Keep fighting. Because that's what Jesus did. Right? Jesus had 12 disciples. He knew one of them was a devil. I think about the story where he's washing their feet and he gets to Judas and he gets him in like, yeah, peace out, dude. You're, you are a fraud. You, know, you might be like, you know, I've got, I've got this one kid that just don't get it. All right? I've got this one disciple that, man, he's never going to get it. Man, you better wash his feet just like you wash the rest of them because that's what Jesus did. He knew the whole time he was going to betray him. He's like, I'll just, I'll just keep serving. That's what we do. That's what we're called to do. Like, guys, happy Father's Day, but there's still work to be done, okay? Be man enough to see when God's trying to get your attention and do something about it, right? Take the steps to recognize when God's trying to get your attention. All right, let's pray, guys. Father, I love you. You're good to us, God. You are just overwhelmingly good. And we're not, and we don't deserve it, Lord, but uh, you, you just show yourself faithful. You show yourself mighty, and God, I do appreciate the ways that you get our attention sometimes. And so I do pray that uh, you would just use these things that we talked about today to really uh, instill uh, some truth into our lives. Uh, these men in this room, uh, I respect every one of them, and I don't think that any of them uh, is like lacking. And that's why we talked about these things today, Lord. But the Word shows that we need to be better because you're better. Uh, that's what the book of Hebrews tells us. So, Lord, I do pray that we would just draw closer to you. Uh, we would make time to communicate with our own earthly father today and respect him for the things that he did do, uh, Lord. And we would draw closer to you and the things that he didn't. Uh, God, I do uh, pray you would just send us out this week as lights in a dark world. Uh, Lord, just draw our families together. Uh, just get the honor and the glory for everything that we do. I do pray for VBS this week. It's going to be an absolutely crazy and amazing week. And I do pray that you would get the gospel where it needs to go exactly on time and that you would use us as vessels. I pray you would just uh, give Chris and Lauren and the entire team uh, just uh, in an, an immense amount of stamina and uh, just uh, everything that they need uh, to get through the week. And then it would just be an awesome week of serving you. I pray for the funeral. Uh, of Miss Gayla, Lord. Uh, I pray for Steve as he's grieving in the family. And uh, Lord, I just do pray that you would just, even in a situation like that, present yourself mighty uh, and get all the honor and the glory, Lord. Uh, I pray you speak through Pastor Brian as I know he's got something to say today so that you would just allow him to speak the truth boldly uh, in love, Lord. So just uh, bless the rest of our day in Christ's name. Amen. All right, thanks, guys. Sorry I went over.